The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You're listening to Making Life Brighter on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel where we provide you with the latest information in natural healing, consciousness training, and all cutting-edge healing modalities. Featuring experts in their fields, including authors, musicians, and artists, Making Life Brighter will be a forum for healing, inspiring, and uplifting entertainment. Here's your host, Winifred Adams. Good morning. Welcome to our special December Music Month. You're listening to Making Life Brighter. My name is Winifred Adams, and we are going to have a fabulous month for you this month. I can't wait. We're having a very special music month all month. You know, we, we focus here on healing, on wellness, um, on thought-provoking artists and people that really are experts in their field in one way or another. And sometimes learning can get to be quite extensive for us, and it's been a heavy fall. I think 2014 has kind of been a really heavy year for a lot of people. So I decided that for December, we're going to have some fun. And many of you know me as a healer person or someone that does healing work. And I have a creative side as well. I've done music and it's played all over the world. And I'm going to feature some of that with you today and share some of the fun stories that I have. And I have a special guest with me here today, London producer Mark Wallace. And I'll introduce him in the next segment, and he will be joining us to tell us some of his amazing stories in the studio with the likes of U2 and Talking Heads and all those great people he's worked with. So this is really going to be fun, and all month long we're going to have very special artists, uh, contributions by producers and engineers about consciousness in music, and we'll have a special December 22nd show with some great Christmas music that we're going to record actually this week. So we're going to have some fun this month. I wanted to share with you, with every show, the intro song and the outro, which many of you are commenting on and writing to me about, is actually my song that I uh, wrote and created called You Are My Rose. And You Are My Rose has been played all over the world. It's played in almost every single country, and I feel so blessed because it was really an inspirational song. And much of what we do and have done um, in this this semester of radio has been about what's inspiring and what's thought-provoking and what's consciousness. And in this case, I wanted to share with you the story of the making of this song because it was really quite spectacular. And I've had, you know, a magical journey in music, even though it's had its ups and downs. And when I wrote this song, it came to me literally in about 15 seconds. I couldn't write it down fast enough, actually. And I remember the day I was sitting in Westminster, Colorado, writing down the song on anything I could get my hands on, any kind of paper. And it just came to me. And originally, it came as a gospel song. And I saw it with a gospel choir and had a gospel feel to it. And it was going to be kind of a really amazing gospel tune. Of course, it didn't end up that way and has gone on to play at people's weddings and, you know, for special Valentine's Day things and so on and so forth. But it really came as a gospel tune, and it was a, a dual meaning as it came to me. Ironically, I had a vision in my head <laughs> of the lyrics, you know, um, I love listening to your heart, to the sweetness of the beat, et cetera, et cetera. And I had this vision of uh, Celine Dion listening to her husband's heartbeat because he had a heart attack um, before, and he almost died. And that was a turning point for her career because if he had died, she never would be who you know she is to be today the same way. And um, he didn't, of course, and they went on to become this magical team for just monstrous hits over and over again and, you know, a world fan base that's kind of unrivaled by many other artists. But the song was in part built around that. And the other part of it 
came to me as a very deep spiritual song. And it was sort of my homage to spirit, to the universe, to God, to all the powers that be. And when you surrender and really get humble and get to a place where it's very sweet, you can feel that oneness of the upliftment. And in gratitude and keeping with the idea of gratitude for the holiday season that we just came through, I thought this would be a neat way to begin our show today and to focus on this song, which many of you keep talking about to me. So I will play it in its entirety at the end of this segment, and you can hear the whole thing. And you can also find it on iTunes and all the music that I've done. Well, not all the music that I've done because I haven't released it all yet, but <laughs> much of the music that I've done and released on iTunes under Winifred Adams. And um, I also have a YouTube channel, and you can see some of the videos I've done there. And next week, uh, I'll be speaking with Oz Fritz, another producer whom I've worked with, and we'll be talking a little bit about something he helped me do as well. So it'll be an ongoing music month with all sorts of fun things in it. But this song, You Are My Rose, really was neat because when I had gone to Europe to shoot a video that Oz had helped me um, on a last-minute song making for that video, I then ended up in London and uh, met a new producer, Mark Wallace, new to me anyway. He was not new to the world of music, but as I was lucky enough to come along and meet him, he brought me into his studio and um, listened to the song, You Are My Rose, and commented on it. And he was the first person for me that ever got the dual meaning of the song. Of course, he didn't know the other part was probably about, you know, this vision I had of Celine Dion putting her head on her husband's heart in the hospital bed and listening to whether or not his heart was still beating. But it certainly was a really special turning point for me for somebody to actually listen to the music and on a deeper level say, I get this. It sounds kind of like a commercial love song, but it's not really. And it blew me away. And from that moment, I thought, yeah, we need to do some work together. So this week, he and I are coming together to do some great Christmas songs. And we'll be sharing those with you, like I said, on December 22nd. So it's just going to be a lot of fun. This is, for me, finally a bit of a rebirth after an awful lot of healing work in the last few years, which has been magical and wonderful, and my journeys to John of God and all of that. And it's it's just something that I can't wait to share with you and to get back in there and do some more great work. So speaking of John of God, I am taking people down there again in February. So if anyone's interested, please contact me at radio at makinglifebrighter.com right away. And I have, for Christmas time, some John of God blessed crystals that I've taken to the sacred waterfall and the entities have blessed. And I have jewelry. I have blessed crystals, all of which I'll begin posting on the website in the next week. And if you want a special gift for someone, that's a really great healing tool and something you can put in your pocket, in your purse. You can display it somewhere. You can use it as a healing tool. So they really do work. And people tell miraculous stories of using these crystals for healing. And um, I will share those with you. And the money from those will go toward the making of the next album. Not the two songs we're doing this week, of course, but the next making of the, the EP in tow to be. <laughs> I have yet another EP that I've created and I haven't released yet. So in the new year, I'm going to be dripping out new music as we go and creating a whole new beginning. I can't wait. And I can't wait to share it with you. It's so neat, you know, and I want to say thank you to everyone for this fall. This has been really spectacular. You all have been very supportive and very loving. And um, this is a bit of my thank you to you because this has been a tremendous, tremendous opportunity to get to talk intimately with people and learn what their passions are too. So, all right, great. Let's go ahead and hear You Are My Rose. I love listening to your heart To the sweetness of the beat There's a soul in the rhythm Like a song
Make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Journey to John of God for healing with your guide, medical intuitive Winifred Adams. Experience healing with the world's most revered transmedium, John of God. Witness incredible healings, visit the sacred waterfall, and experience the heart opening wonders of the Casa de Dominacio in Brazil. For more information, visit makinglifebrighter.com. Tune in and visit the archived shows to learn of the miraculous healing with John of God. Special offer when you mention you heard it on the Health and Wellness Channel. See the website for details, www.makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, your health and healing resource. With 20 years of successful healing, medical intuitive Winifred Adams has assisted thousands of people with their health and emotional well-being, including a celebrity clientele. An expert in emotional healing and body system health, Winifred specializes in emotional trauma and hard-to-solve cases. An official guide to John of God, Winifred works with people from all over the world to facilitate optimum health. Visit MakingLifeBrighter.com for more information and a discount off your first session. Appointments available in person or by Skype. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. We're back. This is Winifred Adams. Thank you so much for listening. 
We're live today with Mr. Mark Wallace, producer extraordinaire from London, England. Welcome and thank you for coming, Mark. Hi, Winifred. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. This is great. Um, I was just telling you all before we went to break that I had met, we'll call him Marky, Marky, familiarly, <laughs> in London in his studio there. And um, right after I had recorded a song and done a video, and he was so cool about really reviewing my music. And one of the great things is when you run into a producer that takes the time and the care to truly listen to what you do and sort of read between the lines as an, you know, as an artist, that's just invaluable. And so I can't say thank you enough because that made my world. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're welcome. Well, you know, Marky's worked with great artists, um, had a stellar career of producing and, and engineering with some of the best of the best. And so how did you actually get into this? How did you, you begin your journey? Um, I'd always had an interest in music since since being a child. Um, you know, I was in bands at school, um, never really much of a great musician, but I really enjoyed music. I found it very passionate, and I found, um, from a very early age, I found music was touching something very deep inside me more than just dancing around to the beat. I was actually really getting off on the vibe of those songs, and some of them, like the Trogs, Wild Thing, I was probably about seven or eight when it came out. That I just thought, wow, that is such an angry song. Wow, that, you know, and it made me realise that there was more to music than just plonking chords and banging drums. Um, and whenever I get demos from people, I'm not really listening to the beats and what kind of style of music it is. I'm always listening to the word and the intention that the singer is putting in. Um, because I could be listening to a Japanese song or a Chinese song or a Vietnamese song or an English song. Um, but... Music is a, it's a global language and you can hear it and know that that singer really believes in what they're saying. I, I really loved your a story of the uh, Ewan Morose. I, I didn't know uh, until you've said it just now that it was inspired by a Celine Dion moment. Yeah. So that's wonderful. But other people will tell you that song means something else. Right. And that that's, happens all the time in music. I think there's some great quotes from John Lennon about songs that he'd written. And people went, oh, John, wow, that's fantastic. That song meant this much. And he's like, really? <laughs> it really took him. But, but that's, how, yeah. that's what music does. It's, um, it grabs you emotionally first, I think. I mean, yeah, kids want to play dance music or old people want to play dance music. But the longevity of a song is usually the, the vocal and that's what grabs me, uh, and, and the lyrical content and the emotional content. At what point did you make it a professional career? Um, after I left school, I didn't really do very well in my education because I was just obsessed with music, playing in bands and things. And really, it was quite brilliant. My parents just guided me. Instead of shouting at me and saying, go and get a proper job, they kind of offered up some choices and said, why don't you work in a record shop? And I thought, oh, my gosh, no, <laughs> nine to five. And after a couple of suggestions of, like, well, what about a record company, they actually said to me, what about that place where they make music? And it was like a huge light bulb going on in my head. And I went, oh, yeah, of course that's what I want to be doing. And I did the traditional start which was an apprenticeship of just making tea for a year and cleaning up <laughs> you were the gopher <laughs> yeah i was the gopher but i must be honest now all these years later i look back at the kind of things that i had to do as a, an apprentice and i was like every monday morning clean every single mic stand and my first studio had about 200 mic stands and you had to go around and clean them and polish them and tighten them up now on a session i i realize the importance of you know you don't want a boom um which is the extendable arm on a microphone stand to swing round swing round while somebody's recording guitar and the microphone swing away from the guitar player you realize that tightening all the bits up is important but that's anything you know that's that's a good apprenticeship um sort of discipline from an early age and you got to very, be a fly on the wall so to speak and yeah, then immersed yeah. into it as you grew with it yeah and i mean it was um it was far enough ago in the history of recording that when I was first, you know, the, uh, from making tea to then tidying up the studio and cleaning stuff, the next step, back then um, we were always on analogue tape 
um, not on digital like we are today. And um, the tape machines were big and cumbersome and noisy, so they'd be in another room. They wouldn't be in the studio control room where the producer would sit. They'd be in a room next door. So I had just had a little loudspeaker next to my ear and I was sitting in the room with the tape machine and he'd say, punch in, punch out rewind to the top blah 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 so you know even then i was sitting in another room i wasn't allowed into the control room until i passed all my tests <laughs> fantastic and so then who became your mentors as you segued into the professional world yeah um in the early days it was it was i was enjoying working with the different producers and engineers who came through the studio um, there was a guy called Alan Blakely who was from a 1960s band called The Tremolos. That was awesome. I mean, he'd had so many hits under his belt, but he taught me a lot of the old ways of doing your vocals all around one mic, doing percussion while you're doing vocals, trying to keep people live. Then there was a chap called Bob Potter, who was an English guy who spent a lot of the 70s working in between New York and um, L.A. Uh, and he did stuff like uh, he was engineer for Bob Dylan, engineer for Sly Stone, Leonard Cohen. Um, he was There was a guy called Bob Johnson who was a very, very big producer in the 60s and 70s. And Bob Potter was his engineer. Uh, so he was really inspirational for me because he made me realise that so much of being in a studio wasn't about the technicalities. It was about, I suppose, essentially people management, making people feel comfortable in a slightly alien environment to make music, really. You don't have an audience there to respond. Um, so making the session um, really enjoyable. So he was, he was really, really good. Um, that was an interesting guy. Ronnie Lane, who was from the uh, Small Faces, very successful 60s band again. He made me realise the magic of sessions, of, of keeping everything very spiritual. And, you know, of course we're making music. I mean, it's a proper job and we need to make it commercial and we need to make it successful. But people like that made me realise that you could really help the session along because you're not playing the music, but you're part of the creating the atmosphere for the musicians to be in. Yeah. Uh, and that was a great learning curve. Well, I know. I had the atmosphere right from the moment you opened the door. <laughs> you welcomed me in and said, hello, Miss Adams. Yeah. Would you like some tea? <laughs> I said, oh, yes, I think I would. <laughs> and I, when I walked into the studio and looked around, I said, oh, I want to come back here. I definitely, yeah. It wasn't even in session. And I said, yeah, yeah, I want to come back here. Yeah, I think, um, I think that's very important, um, the, the atmosphere in the room. Uh, you know, there's been some great vocal sessions that if you've got time right now, I'll tell you about or whatever. But there's, you know, there's some interesting stories about atmosphere while singers are working that is quite interesting. Well, of of the people that inspired you the most, um, do you have something that you can share with us that was a session or someone that that really just blew your mind? <laughs> yeah, and I really wish I had a recording of this. Um, <laughs> um, 1979, 1980, um, it was working for Marvin Gaye um, prior to the Sexual Healing album. And he came in just to demo some ideas and songs, and it was just him at the piano. And he was what we called singing yogurt at the time. He didn't even have words. It was like a jelly with pieces of fruit in it. And uh, he was just trying ideas. And one day he said to me, Mark, um, he said, you can play the drums a bit, can't you? And I, I said, uh, yes, <laughs> Mr. Gay, yes, I can. <laughs> so uh, he said, would you mind just holding a beat? I've got an idea. So I said, sure, sure, sure. So I went out to the studio and sat at the kit and sort of played this beat. And I'm looking about 10 feet away from me as Marvin Gaye sitting at the piano, singing, looking straight at me. And I'm just going, oh, my God, I'm playing drums for Marvin Gaye. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that must have been fantastic. Oh, I just it's one of those moments, you know, I wish they'd invented the the uh the sort of iPhone then yeah. <laughs> so I could have taken some snaps or but see, I wish I had it in record. That's perfect testimony to some of the things that we talk about here on the show. And we're coming to a break here in a minute, but I just want to get this in that it's about capturing the moment in oh, yeah. in your heart, in yeah. your in the just the Very second of it, not necessarily yeah. videoing everything. Yeah. I know we'd like to go back and look at yeah. it, but on that note, we'll be back in just a minute with more Mr. Mark Wallace and his amazing stories. I'm going to fish out of him some great stories that he's had with you two and some other people 
I'll tug and pull. We'll get them out. All right, we'll be right back. This is Winifred Adams making life brighter, and we'll see you in just a minute. Stay tuned. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Making life brighter, your health and healing resource. With 20 years of successful healing, medical intuitive Winifred Adams has assisted thousands of people with their health and emotional well-being, including a celebrity clientele. An expert in emotional healing and body system health, Winifred specializes in emotional trauma and hard-to-solve cases. An official guide to John of God, Winifred works with people from all over the world to facilitate optimum health. Visit MakingLifeBrighter.com for more information and a discount off your first session. Appointments available in person or by Skype. Journey to John of God for healing with your guide, medical intuitive Winifred Adams. Experience healing with the world's most revered transmedium, John of God. Witness incredible healings, visit the sacred waterfall, and experience the heart-opening wonders of the Casa de Dominacio in Brazil. For more information, visit MakingLifeBrighter.com. Tune in and visit the archived shows to learn of the miraculous healing with John of God. Special offer when you mention you heard it on the Health and Wellness Channel. See the website for details, www.MakingLifeBrighter.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. We're back. Woohoo! This is Music Month on Making Life Brighter Radio and... Today, I have with me here Mr. Mark Wallace, who is a producer out of London, England, and he will be recording some Christmas music with me later this week that we'll play for you on December 22nd. And before the break, we were just talking with, I call him Marky, with Marky about uh, his amazing stories in the studio with some people that were very inspirational for him. So we want to pick up kind of where we left off. Tell me about the U2 story, and you recorded in the Joshua Tree album and and some more, right? With with you two? Yeah, I was essentially I met them through being their engineer for Steve Lillywhite during the recording and mixing of the Joshua Tree album. With Steve Lillywhite. Steve Lillywhite uh-huh. is probably, you know, one of the top five producers in the world and another one who was very inspirational for me to work with um earlier in my career to engineer for. Fantastic. Um, but wow. when we when we were working, um, you know, because Steve Steve seems to work with you two um, where people do stuff and then he comes along like the cavalry and kind of goes da-da-da-da and kind of they have a great bond and a great affinity of working together like that. So it was really exciting for me. Um, But we were doing, um, I think we were doing a song called Bullet the Blue Sky and um, Bono was going to vocalise it. But him and Steve had this idea of um, instead of singing it in headphones in another booth like one traditionally does in a studio um, I think it was Bono's suggestion really, he wanted to make the whole control room into his stage so Steve and I and the assistant emptied all the furniture and everything we could out of the main control room at Windmill Lane in Dublin um, and gave Bono a, a handheld mic and we had the, the main parts of the track running through the main speakers in the studio. And basically for like six minutes, Bono just gave us his best live show ever. That's and amazing. Steve That's amazing. And me were sitting at the desk, like just going, <laughs> wow, this is the best front row seats in the world. And I think part of the reason for that was that Bono wanted to kind of testify that song. He wanted, he didn't want to be in headphone world. He wanted to give it to the world as if he was on stage preaching or something. You it know, seems like, to be his medium, really. Oh, you it, know? Was, it was, I mean, Steve and I are looking at each other going, wow, 
wow, wow. That is so... And I mean, technically, all we had to do was make sure that coming through the loudspeakers was only the definitive instruments that would be on the on the record because there'd be a lot of what's called bleed yeah. onto the lead vocal microphone. There'd be a lot of spill from what was coming through the speakers. So as long as we didn't have unidentified guitar solos or weird keyboards that never made the record. So we just kept it fairly basic, like a, a guitar, bass and drums mix. Um, and Bono leapt about and sung and danced Amazing. and ran around the room round and round and round <laughs> singing and like doing what we know Bono does and it was it was awesome it really was spiritual it was like like seeing a great preacher it was just amazing lucky you you and my mom it's not fair you see i was <laughs> i was in middle school or something and and my i called my mom and she was the nurse at the local college and there's all this noise and she's like i said mom she says what I can't hear you. And I really? said, where are you? She goes, there's a concert and I have to be the nurse on call. I said, what is it? Oh, it's this band called U2. I'm like, what? <laughs> I almost died. She saw them in concert before I did. I only wow. saw them a few years ago in yeah. concert. Lucky you. Wow. Not fair. You and my mom. <laughs> yeah, lucky me. Yeah. yeah, you've had a spe spectacular career with inspirational people, though. So tell us who else you've worked with that really blew your mind in the studio. Well, vocals is, is a very difficult thing in a studio. It really is. Um, it's, it's just so alien for a, a singer to stand in an empty room and deliver an impassioned speech, really, I guess. Um, and I was fortunate enough, again, to be working for engineering for Steve Lillywhite. And he, he, Steve had kind of two studios running. Um, where were we? We were in New York. I think we might have been at Skyline Studios. I can't remember. And, and Steve was working upstairs and downstairs. So he was upstairs doing brass. And one day I said to him, oh, what's on? He said, oh, I don't know. I've got some brass chaps up here. I think they're called Tower of Power. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but nevertheless, I was having a jolly day downstairs because I was doing vocals with David Byrne. And he said to me, Mark, could, could I do From a, Talking Heads. From yeah. Talking Heads, sorry, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. So he said, um, um, there's a song I'd like to put a vocal to. Um, uh, and this was on their album, Naked. I think the song was De Democratic Circus, I think. Um, anyway, he said to me, can I read, you know, do a vocal on that? And I said, sure, yeah, of course. So he went out to the studio and just stood by the microphone perfectly still with his headphones on. And I ran the track through a couple of times in, in the control room with my headphones on, setting a nice balance for him, making sure there was some vocal in his headphones. And then I, said, I pressed my talkback switch to speak to him and I said, OK, David, you know, I'm, I'm ready if you're ready. And um, he kind of said, OK, Mark, yes, just run the song then. And um, it was really funny because the, the minute I pressed play on the tape machine, David Byrne, who was the quiet man I'd been in the control room with, suddenly became the David Byrne visually that we all know and love from many videos or concerts that we've seen, you know, doing his gestures as he was singing and delivering this vocal like an amazing actor it was just bang turned on and he went through the song and i was just sitting there my jaw must have been on the floor because it was such an amazing vocal performance in one take oh, and one. he got to the end of the take and normally a singer would ask for a little bit of like you know is there you know how was that blah 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 uh, would you think i should do that bit again or something and he, he just said well how was that mark i was speechless i just said um I think you ought to come and hear that. And he listened to it and just went, yes, that's fine. I was like, that's <laughs> fine, that's amazing. And it's very rare, to, it is very rare. It's how I've, I've probably happened on it three or four or five times at the most in my career where a singer has done a one-take vocal. Yeah. But it is spine-tingling. It's so incredible. Well, you hear the stories, and you don't know if they're really true. Yeah. And so your testimony, the fact that, yes, this really, you know, like they talk about Adele, they talk about David Foster that, and Celine, yes, and, yes. and but, you know, we're not there, so we don't really we know. Don't is that know, true? But no. you're it saying... Is, it, <laughs> it does happen. And it happened, it really... In a, in, a, in a way, it feels like a religious experience. And I don't mean that cheaply. I mean that most sincerely. It is quite an elevating, awe-inspiring Well, it's a thing. moment. And somehow between the two of you, you're holding that moment. Mm. You're basically holding mm. what 
is happening in that moment to make sure mm. that is captured. Mm. And so Gosh, you yeah, have I to mean, hold that space while they do it. Sometimes that can be terribly worrying, especially in, you know, in, in, especially more so in modern days when you're running a computer and recording people and you're thinking, God, please don't crash. Please don't oh, crash because yeah. this sounds incredible. This is an amazing time. Well, that leads me to my next question. What is it that you've experienced from recording in those days to the more technologically based days today? I mean, what, what is, what's lost, what's found, what do you wish you had or, or what is working today? Um, I think, I don't think we can remain Luddites and keep saying we must go back to analog recording. Although analog recording had something um, that is very pleasing to the ear and very malleable to work with technically. It's a, it's a very enjoyable medium to work in, I suppose, as an artist might enjoy oil painting or watercoloring. So it's an enjoyable medium, but I don't think we can stay wrapped up in old technology like that. I think, I think digital is a way forward, and who knows, we may come up with something that's even better than digital. But I think we will find, as time goes on, that digital recording will be able to find all the missing stuff that analog has. Um, so I don't see that as a problem. But there is something very pleasing about analog. If you consider, you know, even 20 years ago, um, radio stations were playing vinyl across FM radio. So people will, today, when they listen to the radio, are listening generally to an MP3 recording from a computer base that each radio station has. So that's, um, I think most scientists would agree, there's something about vinyl that is much more pleasing to the ear. Um, I know it's come back. I mean, yes, there's, I mean they're everywhere. I've, they're even I've, in Barnes & Noble today. You can I'm go and speaking get a... to an awful lot of um, uh, the guys who actually make the records uh, uh, or make the actual vinyl themselves are called mastering engineers or cutting engineers was the old term for them because they really did cut the vinyl with a lathe. Um, and a lot of these guys are busier now than they ever have been because a lot of the dance um, generation, a lot of the top DJs, they want their songs on vinyl because they know it sounds more powerful than an MP3. Or is it just the experience of listening to it that way? Do you it, think it is? If you asked a kid today, they'd say, "No, no, no, that's you know." But if, yes, you know, but you know, DJs love music. They they you know they understand music technically. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they want good quality. They don't just want to bang out a tune and get twenty thousand dollars for a night's entertainment they Maybe. want to play good quality sounding music as kids, well kids today don't know though the difference really because yeah, they don't have the comparison that you no, get a watered down mp3 through uh, an online digital source and that's I'm, good enough for you right yeah <laughs> well, uh, yeah, well then, that I mean, depends on your attention span for music when i was a kid yeah um my first medium of capture was a cassette recorder which you know was pretty ropey i just put it next to my radio and pressed record on my tape recorder yeah it well it's it's changed it's it is an evolving thing. I know I remember mixing tapes and having cassette tapes as well. We're dating ourselves, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's mine the was fun. Steve, Steve <laughs> I'm not telling you mine. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be right back in just a few more minutes, and we're going to have more from Mr. Wallace, and I'm going to play you a very special holiday song that I made a few years back, and uh, we'll be right back after break. Stay tuned. If you want to hear the archives of this show, you can always go on to makinglifebrighter.com to the radio tab and or subscribe to the pod, podcast on iTunes. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Journey to John of God for healing with your guide, medical intuitive Winifred Adams. Experience healing with the world's most revered transmedium, John of God. Witness incredible healings, visit the sacred waterfall, and experience the heart-opening wonders of the Casa de Dominacio in Brazil. For more information, visit MakingLifeBrighter.com. Tune in and visit the archived shows to learn of the miraculous healing with John of God. Special offer when you mention you heard it on the Health and Wellness Channel. See the website for details, www.MakingLifeBrighter.com. Making Life Brighter your health and healing resource. 
With 20 years of successful healing, medical intuitive Winifred Adams has assisted thousands of people with their health and emotional well-being, including a celebrity clientele. An expert in emotional healing and body system health, Winifred specializes in emotional trauma and hard-to-solve cases. An official guide to John of God, Winifred works with people from all over the world to facilitate optimum health. Visit MakingLifeBrighter.com for more information and a discount off your first session. Appointments available in person or by Skype. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions, comments, or would like to make an appointment with medical intuitive Winifred Adams, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. Now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. We're back, and I'm welcoming you you into our special music month. We're here with Mr. Mark Wallace today, and we're talking about his amazing journey through music as a very, very sound-oriented producer, and he's known for his analog sound. But first, I want to share with you a little bit of the making of a holiday song that I made a few years back and the story behind it. I did a Santa Baby recording, and um, it was really kind of a thrill. I just loved the song, and as I grew up, when I was uh, getting ready for school all the time, I was always listening to that song, and of course, radio was huge then, so that it was the only thing we had, and I hope they played it in every version of it when I was getting ready for school. So by the time I ended up recording, I thought, wow, I really want to do that song. And at the time, I was a personal trainer by day, and starting my days at about 5 a.m., and ending at about 7 p.m. and started my recording. Well, I recorded that song. I flew down to L.A. I recorded the song. I went back up, and I asked the local radio station if they might play it for the holiday, and they said, yeah, okay, sure. So one day, my alarm went off, and the radio turned on, and there's the song playing. I almost freaked out. (laughs) I jumped up. I'm like, oh, my God, that's me. Oh, that's me. Look at that. It's one of those moments where you don't know unless it's you've done it. It's just so funny to see, and so... Anyway, I jumped around that morning. 5, 5 a.m. was bright and sparky that day. And then I uh, went on to make the video. And I had had kind of this rogue boyfriend in L.A. who tried to impress me with lots of diamonds and things like that. And he gave me a diamond watch one year, and he was a complete jerk. So by the time, <laughs> by, by the time that was over, I took the watch and I sold it. And I turned around and I made the Santa Baby video. <laughs> <laughs> and it it plays now, um, and it was really good fun because uh, some of my artist friends said, well, let's do it like an old school kind of thing. So we actually shot it in a mansion in Beverly Hills, which is there today, and the people that own the mansion, there's a famous woman that owns the mansion. She's the lady that goes coochie-coochie. I can't remember her name for the life of me. That's terrible. But Charo, yeah, yeah, Charo, yeah. And she... Um, it was her house, and her son is the featured love interest in the video, and he's this handsome, dapper young guy, and we shot it in their beautiful house, which they were trying to do the Veronica Lake-type um, old-school sexy version. It was really fun. It was sort of a tongue-in-cheek thing. So I'd like to share that with you right now, and we'll be right back with Mr. Wallace. So here's Santa Baby, everybody. This is going to be a fun season. Tonight 
There's Santa Baby for you to start off the Christmas holiday season. Now, Mr. Wallace, did you ever do any Christmas music per se, or was it mostly um, standard albums that people were doing as artists? I, you know what? I don't think I've ever done a Christmas album or a Christmas single or anything. No, I don't think I have. Well, then I think you should. In fact, I think you should this week, Mr. Wallace. Well, funny <laughs> enough... Um, <laughs> I am actually. There is a young lady from LA. I don't know if you've heard of her. Oh, um, no. I'm coming to do some. I'm coming to do two particular Christmas songs that I suggested to her. Um, she's a young lady from uh, Los Angeles called Winifred Adams. Oh, oh yes, I think I've heard of her. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, what do you have coming up now? What are you doing in the music world now? Yes, I've got some really exciting projects on at the moment. Um, there's um, an artist I'm sure many of your listeners would know called Joan Armour Trading. Mm-hmm. She's on a world tour at the moment. She's now, fantastic. She's amazing. I mean, I've seen her a few times on this tour and it's quite remarkable the number of hit records she's had because she's she's been releasing records since 1971, I think. And um, when you see her live in concert, a song starts and you go... Oh yeah, this is one of hers. Oh yeah, and then another one. You go, was this? Wow, yeah, this was her as well. And you, it's, it's like there's seventy songs, eighty songs, ninety songs, naughty songs. It, she's quite an amazing artist. But this world tour, she generally would travel on a world tour with a really top flight bunch of musicians. Uh, she's decided that this tour, it's just going to be her acoustic guitar her playing acoustic or electric guitar or her playing piano and it's it's an amazing so you're working with her for this yes she wants to um release a dvd um so she's um between myself and her her sound guy um who's on the road with her recording the shows um she wants me to mix the sound for a dvd release how fun really pleased to do um again i haven't worked for joan since 1985. Wow, it is this is fun. This, isn't it really great amazing. how things come around yes, again? So, that. what makes your life brighter, Mr. Wallace? Um, 
makes my life brighter. Um, I think every day that I'm in the studio, I come away from that studio feeling that I've learned something. I, I, every day you should take the moment to savour something in the day. I'm lucky to be um, employed and gainfully employed making music, so I, I'm quite fortunate that I do have a job where I'm paid to do my hobby. Um, but I don't take that lightly. Every day I, I definitely leave my studio every day and go, wow, that was great. It's true. You're one of the most upbeat people, especially in music, I've ever met. And that's a wonderful trait. Well, I can't say enough of thank you to stop by here. And I'm looking forward to our recording. And we'll have you on again. And oh, my uh, pleasure. This has been great fun. So thank you, everybody, for listening. This is going to be December Music Month here at Making Life Brighter. You can check out all of what we've done and what we will be doing on the website at makinglifewriter.com. So I am just letting you know that we have great things coming up for you. And I would love you to check out anything that you might like from the John of God crystals and herbs I'm going to post online. And we'll put that toward the next recordings. So have a wonderful, fabulous, go jolly week to everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Making Life Brighter on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Be sure to join us each week at 10 a.m. for information, inspiration, and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness. For more information and a complete show schedule, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, successfully helping you feel better from the inside out. You are my Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff, and management. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.